What's up, everybody? Thanks for watching the Best Barbecue Show. On this week's episode, we've got Asanet and Michael Hernandez, the owners of Hayes County Barbecue, a top 50 Texas barbecue joint on multiple lists, a destination between Austin and San Antonio, right in the middle of San Marcos, right off the highway. It's a beautiful place. They've got some interesting smokers. They got a ton of food. They're cooking every day and they're truly part of the barbecue family. I sat down with them early one morning before they started service, talked about their history, talked about how they cook barbecue, and talked about the evolution of barbecue since they've been cooking since before Aaron Franklin. Enjoy this episode. You're enjoying the show. Like, subscribe, turn on those notifications, hit the little bell. See what we're doing. I hope you enjoy this episode. And go out and eat some barbecue. I'm here with Michael and Austinette at Hayes County Barbecue. How's it going, guys? Great. Great. It's a nice rainy Texas morning. <laughs> oh, yeah. Uh, so y'all are cooking, y'all are kind of getting everything set up. Uh, this is a pretty amazing building. Kind of tell us how you got there. Oh my gosh. So Where do we start? How much time so do you got? Stories. <laughs> how much time do you got? I'll let I you. I think this recorder has about seven hours worth <laughs> of capacity. <laughs> so. Start oh back when. Oh my gosh, yeah. Well, uh, we initially started on uh, Hunter Road. We spent about six years there on Hunter Road. In 2007. 2007 is when we got in the barbecue business. And uh, when we made our first Texas Monthly, which was uh, 2013, the uh, landlord got really gritty on us. So it kind of, in a sense, forced us to look elsewhere to uh, plant our roots. Even though we were already there six years, we had to get up and uproot and place ourselves. And fortunately for us, we had uh, we came across this property that's right off of I-35. So business very convenient. Very, very convenient. convenient. Easy on, easy off. And we're right in spec uh, two great cities, Austin and San Antonio, which is great. Yeah, I was looking at the maps, and it literally was just a straight line yeah. from my house to here. It's like two rights and then another wow. right to get yeah. here. It's wow. awesome. Super convenient. Uh, <clears throat> and so tell us about getting Texas Monthly. Tell us kind of where were you when that, ho- that all hit. <laughs> oh, my gosh. I remember that clearly. Um, we were actually at home, and a friend of ours said, hey, y'all made it. And we were like, we, we were in the middle of something. We ran home and we got online and we got on the Texas Monthly website and it had the list and we were going down the list. And when we saw our name, we, we literally cried. We sat there and cried and it was like just all the, all the pressure from the last, you know, several years of going, oh my gosh, is this worth it? Are we doing the right thing? Are we, you know, we, so many sacrifices that we made to get to that point. And it was like, wow, we finally did it. And man, what, a, what an amazing feeling. We would have quit. Had we quit, uh, we never would have made the list. And uh, it's a brutal, it's a, back in 2007, we had the recession hit. And so fortunately for us, we were still growing, but um, it's not what barbecue is today in the sense yeah. of the uh, world what I call it, popularity uh, and, and where it's at now. 
And what year were you uh, started getting in the top 50? 2013. So you were around for six years or so mm-hmm. before that. Yep. So that probably showed a, you got a, a big benefit from all that hard work. Oh, Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. Did you see the lines form and everything it was change immediate. that day? It was immediate. It was immediate. The, the, the day the tweet came out. We hadn't even told our staff, and people were coming in going, oh, my God, y'all are Texas Monthly Top 50, and the staff's like, we're what? We're what? <laughs> <laughs> so, yeah, it, it was amazing. It was, and, and that same day that the tweet came out, uh, <coughs> we literally had buses of people coming through. I mean, we sold out within minutes because we weren't prepared. We didn't know that that kind of impact would take place on our business based They didn't on call you? I guess that's before they had all the stamps and everything? Well, that's, that's, you, they, they don't, don't ever call, call you. you. They don't call you. They don't you. tell you when they come in. They don't tell you anything. The only thing they do is um, they'll call, like, what is it, two months before? They'll call before they'll do just what they to call get there. Fat, but they still don't tell you what it is. And now that we're in the game, the second time around, we kind of already knew what was going on when they say, hey, uh, we're doing an article in June, and we just want to do a fact check. We're doing fact checks. So we by, know, by then we're we like, okay, we, we're high-fiving each other. And she and I high-fiving. was like, we did it again. But um, the first time we didn't have a clue and we asked and they won't tell you. Tell and you. she was interrogating the, the person from, <laughs> from uh, Texas Monthly. She was like, why? What are, we, what, what are, we, well, are you doing what, an what article? What do you need this information for? <laughs> and she's like, well, she giggles. She's like, hey, we have an article that we're publishing in June. Which would have been the 2013 issue. And we still, right, yeah. like, we still, you don't tell anybody. You just kind of tell yourselves and you go, okay, so is this? And you kind of cross your fingers and you still, until it's actually there, you you still don't want to say anything, you know, because, but. Yeah. I'm the same way with work. I don't, I don't really yeah. count anything until it's done. Until it's done. done. Yeah. Right. That's just, that's how we are with everything, I feel <coughs> like. So I saw some pits in the back on trailers. Is that what you were cooking on? On Hunter Road, or is that a totally different no, setup? I, I have, I actually have the pits from Hunter Road. They are right now. I'm debating what I'm going to do with them. I'm probably going to slap them on the trailer. We didn't get to see those. They're way back there in the back. There's three of them. Uh, that, that where it all started. And so whenever we moved, we broke down, took those pits with us, brought our pits with us. We literally closed down one day and opened up the next. We closed down wow. on a Friday and and opened up in in the modular building. Um, that Saturday, it was a long, stressful night. And then the next day, everybody wanted to kind of come see what we had done. So we were so busy that next day, too. And what year was this? 2013. Okay. That was December of um, all the stuff happened in May with the landlord and everything. And so we kind of got into, you know, trying to get into this little modular building that we had. And uh, we that was we, on this property? Uh, it was on this property. And it was an office for an old uh, used car lot. And we converted it into a restaurant, and we added a, a walk-in to the end of it and put six feet worth of concrete we in We had to get very creative. Get Let very me tell you. creative. Um, the parking lot was ragged out. Horrible. I mean, you would pull in the parking lot, and it was almost you like you were like in you a were safari. You were <laughs> doing this. Yeah. Yeah. But well, we, made it, we made it work. We made it work for four years. Yeah. So and our, then you built all this? You, so we kept well, that open, yeah. and we continued to do business as this was being built. And then whenever it came time, we shut down for about a month and a half. Six weeks. To get the trailer out of it, to get that parking lot, that big old lovely parking lot poured. And then we opened this main building. And nice. it has been one heck of a ride, man. Let me man, tell you. And from beginning to end, it has been, uh, we always say only Michael and I and Jesus know <laughs> how, how crazy it's been for us. Because not even our son, I think, knows. Because it's, there's. 
many, many nights of, of crying and going, oh my gosh, very stressful, very stressful. The six weeks we were closed here was, that was stressful. It was a challenge. We, we were trying to keep our employees paid and same time knowing the, uh, the uh, income wasn't coming in and uh, you start digging into whatever you do have to, to offset these guys' pay uh, so they can continue making a living and not losing somebody else. So, That's great though. Yeah. yeah. That's the right way to do it. Yes, sir. We were. And so were both of you in it right at, you know, 2007, yeah, so the moment the doors that, opened? Or? That was always kind of Michael's dream to have a restaurant. And so when he came to me with it, I was like, okay, well, good luck, buddy. Have fun. You know, if that's what you want to do, then by all means. And he said, no, no, no. If, if we're going to do this and we're going to be successful, we're both quitting corporate our corporate jobs and we're going in. And I thought, oh, my gosh. And it was the biggest leap of faith that we took and 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 he was right I'm, I'm glad we did it that way and and we it allowed us to know every aspect of our business because we were the ceo and the dishwasher and like we were saying Jane earlier the Joe. prep girl and and you know michael would have to leave sometimes in the evening to go do something and i was in the pits cooking sausage for him and so you know we we did it all from from start to finish so it's good though because that's I feel like that's what's kept us even in where we are now, just so humble and just we know where we came from and we, we never forget where we came from. Well, I think anyone who's tried to cook a brisket knows that Gosh. just that can be humbling. Yes. Yes. Oh, yeah. So did you already have a interest in barbecue where, you know, it sounds like you had some corporate jobs. Both had corporate jobs. What was that transition? Where did where did you start saying, you know what, screw it, I'm going to cook barbecue? Well. Not necessarily wasn't that I had my eyes on barbecue. I, I, I love to cook. I cook anything you throw at me, I'll do it. And I love to cook. That's one of my passions. Um, so when this opportunity came up, I was servicing that um, restaurant, which was formerly Woody's. Um, and the owner needed some credit card service. So I came in, set him up. And while I'm setting it up, he had come to find out that the prior um, person that was there before had, had shut the doors because he owned the property. And he kind of Woody owned the property. Woody owned the property. And so what happened is he had done the same thing to them. They were doing well, and he got really greedy. And that guy says, hey, you know what? I'm done. I'm out of here. So when he left, he lived across the, the, the building, and he saw that several cars were still coming in. He himself had been in the business, so he decided to uh, reopen it. And I think very quickly he realized what kind of work goes into the barbecue. And so while I was there servicing the account, getting them set up to process credit cards so he can open the doors, he put a bug in my ear and said, hey, do you know anybody wanting to get in the restaurant business? Well, that's been one of my dreams. And so I kind of asked him some questions. And, of course, I went back home. And I was doing well. We were both doing well at our corporate jobs, making really good money. Vacations, benefits. So <laughs> all, all those things that, that the barbecue world anymore. does not offer you. <laughs> So someone had a bright idea to go ahead and uh, take, take up on, on the business. We bought the business, but not the real estate. And so at that point, I came home to her, and I told her, say, hey, I need you to go ahead and quit your job, and we need to do this full time. And she's like, no, I don't think that's a good idea. And I'm like, no, I think The voice of reason, right? <laughs> and so I just kind of, what I always told folks is I wanted to make sure we didn't sit there. Not that we were going to start off with the attitude of failure, but... I never wanted to go into this and say, man, we could have, should have, would have. If I would have had you there, you know, if, if you would have seen it coming or something. She just jumped on board. We went ahead, all, what do they call it, hit, all head yeah. in. All yeah. the way in. All and the way we in. Just... And here we are, 11 years later. 11 years later. 
Yeah, September was 11 years. And uh, we've made the Texan Monthly twice, back to back, which is a big honor. Boom. Boom chakalaka. Such a big honor. And it, and it, it's the stuff that keeps you on your toes. It does. It does. Know? It really does. Yeah. Um, I know this last issue, we had a lot of, uh, I think, what was the total that fell off? And About half of them fell off. And new ones came on, and the game has been changed forever. I mean, there is good barbecue everywhere now. And there's and guys everywhere. that are just, just really doing a fantastic job out there. And it used to be just, oh, well, you had to drive to Lockhart to get good barbecue, you know, and now it's it's in every corner of Texas. So now no one even makes it to Lockhart because they, no. they can't get past San Marcos. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, so y'all are, are kind of OG in that way. You know, you opened before Franklin did. And so did you, have you changed specific things? I mean, I've seen multiple places in Austin that really weren't worth stopping at now become a destination for barbecue. Is that something that you all changed? Did you change your meat? You know, you have a ton of proteins on that menu. No, I, I, we have stayed true to what we started. Um, it's been something when we first started back in 2007, we decided to go with the high quality meats. Now, I, we use a certified Angus beef, which falls between uh, choice and prime. I haven't gone to the prime end just because it's a small percentage that's available, and a lot of that's already been depleted. Yeah, they're hard to get exactly. at. Exactly. So mm -hmm. in order for us to remain consistent across the board and not be, well, we're doing choice today, prime tomorrow, I just keep it at. And CAB is a heck of a product. And as a matter of fact, I've noticed that several times they've done, um, even Daniel Vaughn has done a taste uh, choice or t a blind a taste test. taste test, yeah. yeah I think so. and, um, and CAB seems to always win. So... I, guess it's I think it's recipe. just more consistent, I feel like. Well, and we, I, I've gone to the barbecue town hall and seen how they, they rate everything, and it's a pretty arbitrary one steak decides the whole yeah. cow. Yeah. So it's, it's hard to, to really know, you know, that it, that one steak might look choice, but the rest of the thing might look prime. Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I've yeah. been capitalizing on I I use my knowledge from barbecue town hall because I've been cooking a lot of steak lately. So I've been looking at, oh, okay. This is in the choice section, but that's a prime steak. Like that's yeah. that's a lot of fat. Yeah, I'm marveling now. Yeah, yeah. And uh, so, did you have different ideas? You found this space. Were you thinking of barbecue right off the bat, or it sounds well, like you can cook anything? Well, it was it was already a barbecue joint, and so the pits were still there. So are these the same pits from there? No, I've replaced them. Yeah, I've okay. replaced them because they were they had more holes in it than I have in my socks. <laughs> so, <clears throat> no, we um, went in there, and of course, before we agreed to the business transaction, she and I went on a Saturday and kind of saw how the it was kind of uh, the same kind of the, the cafeteria style where they come you come up and order a slice of brisket by the pound, and so we sat there one Saturday and kind of saw the potential and what it could be, and so we quickly decided, hey, this this can work. So we kept the barbecue. And then, of course, prior to that, I had worked um, at a different uh, job, and that manager had taken me to Kreitz. That was my first experience to barbecue. So from that experience to being coming to that building, I'm like, man, this, this is what great opportunity we have. And if I could mimic what they're doing over there, that's even going to be that much better. And that was back in 2006 before we got into the game. Mm -hmm. um, so that's, we kept the barbecue because that's what it was. And then um, we started adding. We started off with brisket, shoulder clod, and pork chops, and pork ribs. That was it. 
And then uh, I got rid of, I think the first year I got rid of uh, shoulder clot. I didn't yeah. care for it. It was real dry. I mean, you can cook it and do a good job on it, but the, the, the cut is so uh, lean that it dries out. And I didn't want I didn't want to do that. So we took it off the menu, and not to mention it was just chopped beef eventually. Yeah. And so I said, you know, why are we doing that? Just make room for more brisket, and we'll just push brisket. And now you have, you know, I'm guessing those old pits were more offsets. Now you have, it's kind of an offset, but they open on the top kind of like a direct pit. Uh, how did you come up with that design? Where did, where did that come from? Well, they, they are, um, I say a spinoff, and then I said a spinoff. What you'll see at Kreitz, what you'll see in those. Yeah, uh, exactly. It's the same uh, style with the doors opening on top. The, the difference is there's not any fire brick. These are all uh, three-quarter inch steel. Um, they have a nice fall to where they drain at the very end. It's a lot less maintenance. And uh, as far as the op daily operation, it's a cleaner operation. You don't have grease going over here. You know, you're not. Um, setting yourself up for possibly a grease fire because of the design. But um, that's the main difference. It's, it's still an offset, uh, but that was a concept uh, looking at those pits the way they are. But the difference is these are steel versus the fire brick. Well, and it, it's funny to me that more places don't have something like this because the access, the it's so easy to just reach in and grab stuff. Some of these guys with the doors and you're kind of climbing into the smoker almost. Uh, it, it's cool to see that you've taken this old idea and made a modern version of it. But what I love about it is a couple of things. Number one, the, the heat's a little bit more consistent, uh, unlike the, uh, the uh, propane tanks that have the, not, not the bad mouth, because I mean, obviously people are doing great and wonderful of things course. with them, but you have that, that uh, the ability where the, the heat goes all the way to the top, so now you have different uh, temperatures throughout the entire pit from, from top to bottom, versus this is a straight, uh, the, the way the doors are designed, the, the uh, heat goes on top of the grate, bottom of the grate, and there's very little room on top for it to do that. And then also what I like about it, I'm able to do whole hogs uh, without a problem as well. Hey, you can throw anything in there, right? Pretty much anything and everything. Michael used to do whole hogs before it was cool. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. uh, you, you guys making that a special? Is that some a, a weekend special, or are you just doing that for events? No, we were doing it for events at the time. Uh, a lot of the... Uh, Luau's like the uh, chamber, uh, the chamber local chamber of commerce would want to do like luau's and stuff, and so Michael would throw a whole hog on there, and you know, some yeah, pineapples, some pineapples. We put the apple in the mouth, do pulled pork on around, and uh, it was, yeah, they loved it. Oh yeah, and I would do it more often, but it takes a lot of work. It's I mean, it's even a, a thirty it pound takes suckling a lot of pit space. Yeah. <laughs> you know, thirty pound suckling will take a good 12, 13 hours if you want to do it right. <clears throat> well, so you came up from. Uh, a small place in in San Marcos. Uh, you're here. You've got I don't even know 300 seats. We can accommodate about uh, somewhere in the neighborhood of four to five hundred people. So now that you're here, you know, is there a, is there a new challenge? You're having fun with with whole hogs. Uh, what really uh, what really pushes you at this point? You got a pretty cool bar in the back now. You're telling me about. Uh, what is it that that drives you now that you're kind of like on the other end of you know 2007 hating your life i don't i don't I, i'm gonna say something about that i don't think that we've ever gotten to that point that we feel like all right now we can rest now we can yeah. we we don't michael and i are very and our staff will tell you we are control freaks when you make that list of texas monthly top 50 you have to shine in here every day. Absolutely. And so now it's just managing 
the the restaurant itself and making sure that everybody is getting that consistent product. I don't think that we ever ever have just sat and said, okay, well, we can rest or we can, you know, it's always, you know, just checking on the guys. Uh, barbecue's hard. I, I, I'm not in the pits for a reason. Um, and, and the pit masters do a phenomenal job, but it's a constant watching, 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 watching. I feel like. Quality control. Um, so many aspects, right? Of just. But, but to answer your question, we still are building. We have uh, that back there is a, uh, we have live music from time to time. Um, we also have that as a rental space, so uh, that adds to the overall customer experience. And, and of course, we, have, we, we try to maintain our quality. At the same time, we're adding to that. We're still building on the, on the foundation of that. Uh, where Always we're able to building. rent the back yeah. hall. We've had several events back there. We've had very successful uh, events of live music, and people come out, and they get to, get to see into our kitchen, walk to the back, smell the smoke, have the live music have the, uh, the ability to drink cocktails, draft beer. Uh, it's a great space to hang out as well. Well, speaking of great spaces, I mean, there's more neon and signs <laughs> and car doors. Oh, my goodness. Is this like a collection you've been oh building, or how did you get into all this cool stuff? Well, believe it or not, uh, whenever we move from Hunter Road to the interstate, my goal has always been to have a place like this. This has been my all-time dream. And in the process, I've been collecting because I love classic cars. I own two classic cars myself, um, but I've always been collecting. And I think a lot of it came from uh, my dad, He's still, who's still with us. Him and I spent a lot of time under, under a hood working on my 66 Mustang, which was my first nice. car. So those memories are really near and dear. So whenever I see uh, old car parts, it brings me back to that time that I treasure. And so it's always been a love for it. And not to mention the quality that went into the cars back then. Uh, the American Steel, um, the, the, uh, just the curvature of everything, the, uh, the design on the cars that you normally don't see anymore. Uh, so that's where the drawback. And then I've always thought barbecue, classic cars, uh, live music, all go together. It's, I don't know why, it just goes together. But um, that's where my draw comes, I mean, my interest comes to uh, is the classic car parts. I guess I love looking at it and it takes me back. And not to mention, when customers come in, they do the same. Hey, my dad owned it truck hey, i remember that hood i remember getting my hand caught in that hood or <laughs> i remember uh when my dad and i took a trip and he let me drive and so those memories kind of very nostalgic n- n- nostalgia Nostal- yeah. so <laughs> it, people go back in time and i think it's kind of cool i mean it's just, they sit here and reminisce i've had old, older couples sit here flirty flirty and eating a sandwich looking at that uh model teen i'm thinking to myself what's going through the back of their <laughs> mind because they got a smirk on it on their face, so I'm like, eh, what are they thinking about that 57? <laughs> well, don't you think it's beautiful that barbecue is something that young people, old people, everyone, uh, barbecue places are known for. You know, you'll see someone take their grandma there. You'll see an older couple. You'll see a young couple. There's really no demographic for barbecue. It's just everybody. It's, Correct. It's, it's so cool. And the people that come through the door must be so interesting since you're packing this place in. I mean... There, how many? You, you probably have a hundred parking spaces but they're too. Little, uh, 95, yeah. 95. That's awesome. I mean, this is. There's a lot of barbecue in Texas, but a lot of them aren't prepared for the, the sheer volume that you guys can handle here. Not to mention, I mean, I, I'm just imagining a, a stage covered in oh old car gosh. parts or with some cool <laughs> stuff. The, the the old stage used to actually be a flatbed. Uh, it was a Viking 30, 3500 series. 
uh, Viking flatbed, and we used to use that as a uh, stage. As a stage platform. But yeah. that did not fit in that building because I tried to keep it. <laughs> I had to get rid of it because it, it didn't. Yeah. Well, so I'm sure you've gone through all kinds of cool stuff, uh, changing shops, but do you still get to work on cars much? Well, I don't get any more uh, opportunities. I'm always here. Not, uh, I'm still growing the business, trying to grow the business. I'm still thinking of new ideas. What's going to make it? With, with there being so many barbecue joints now, our thought is what's going to keep people coming back? And outside of the quality of the food, what can we add to our current business? Because it's, it's one of those deals where we always want to stay ahead of the, the curve. And it's okay, what's coming up next? Uh, what can we do to attract more people? Um, can we offer all these services that keep our same customers entertained and how can we retain our customer and grow our customer base? So that's always going on in the back of our mind. And so with that said, we're, I don't have any time for stuff like that. I mean, I got two cars that stay in the garage and I should be driving them daily, but I don't, unfortunately. Well, I'm sure you get a little, a little drive out of them. They don't sit there forever. Uh, they sit there forever. <laughs> We're always here. <laughs> they they, they uh, do really well holding up uh, racks of clothes and boxes and <laughs> our weed eater on them and, and all the other stuff that they, they can uh, hold up pretty yeah, well. in the garage. And so for good reason, though, because you're running, you know, yes. this might be one of the biggest barbecue joints in Texas. I don't know, you know, besides the Salt Lake, if they get much bigger than this. We do. Um, the way the layout is, it, it does allow us to host big events and. The setup is, is, is quite, um, we, we did put a lot of thought into it, did we not? Oh, so much thought into it. And we still, we still sometimes think, oh, we should have done this different. We, it's like a house. When you build a house, you, you just, oh, we should have added this or we should have done this. But overall, it's, it's, it, it, we, we still stand in awe. We still sit here and go, wow, like, <laughs> <laughs> this is ours. So, yeah, it's. It's we, been a crazy, crazy journey. We had a, an event here when we had the live music and people were actually parking down the road to get here it was I mean, amazing the, the, the 95 car parking up front and then we have the ability to park another 100 150 cars in the back and even at that people were parking elsewhere so people were it gets crazy it gets crazy up here so, yeah. especially our summer uh, summer nights uh, live music it gets a little crazy so what are what are the, what's the live music like you have a few favorite bands are they more local or we have, we have a mixture. We have a mixture, and we have a mixture of genres. We have country, we have classic rock, we have blues. Um, and I think this year we're going to kind of try to expand that a little bit, put a little jazz in there. Uh, and some people are asking for Tejano. <laughs> so, yeah, we may Let's do go. that. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> do you have a favorite or a, a dream artist you'd like to see play at your, on of your course, stage? Of course, of course. Mr. George Strait, if you're out there. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> Alan, Jackson, come on, buddy. You got your ears on. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, those guys, yeah. Um, I guess we, I, I'm a big music, I love music, we love big all music, music buff, and, and uh, pretty much appreciate all music, all talent, yes. all genres. Sounds like uh, it. Yeah, and, and for the most part, um, we have a good mixture, man. I mean, and people, people love it. People love it. The last group that came through, that was a good you know, 350 people out here, 400 people, and it was, it was a, it was it, a, it, it kind of took us a little bit by surprise. Michael <laughs> says, hey, go home and put your, you know, cute clothes on, and we're not going to work. We're going to sit and watch the band. We might even get a chance to two-step. We might even two-step. The only two-step we did was uh, yeah, two-step beer back and forth and we bar back in. and home, and oh, my gosh. <laughs> or we ran like crazy. It was it was an amazing night, but uh, we did not get yeah. to sit and watch. We, But that's okay. That's okay. Was, Do you have a reserved space? Like, if you run home, 
Is there a place for you to park when you get back? No. Well, there's not, a little. Not usually little, there. Silver not, truck where the, where the silver truck is. Yeah. Yeah, that's that's hilarious. And by the time you get back, it's it's filled. Yeah. yeah. And so it looks like you do catering as well. We do quite a bit of catering. Yes, we do. Uh, we do quite a bit throughout yeah. the year, and I think we're 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 fixing going through our catering season, which is March on. We just we came off our catering season, which was through December, and then we always say January and February is a slower for us, which we kind of like, but it hasn't been slow, and that's okay. We'll we'll, we'll take, take it. it. Yeah. Did you get hit up for the Super Bowl? We did. We sold uh, quite a bit that Sunday. We got we got wiped out. Yeah. We planned for the masses, and by 3 o'clock, we closed at 4. By 3 o'clock, we were completely we were out of done. everything. Yeah, we probably could have done more, but like I told my guys, it's kind of one of those gambles. You, you don't have uh, a set amount. I mean, for those that do call it in, it helps out. But for those that just walk to the door and expect you to serve well, them, which we do. I think daily it's a gamble. You know, we, we've had a couple of people give us some bad reviews for running out at 8.30, you know, and it's like, well, we're one of the few top 50 that are cooking all day, seven days a week. and. And, and that's a challenge. That's a challenge. It's I mean, a huge challenge. Where I appreciate those guys that do the 11 that sold out. I'm not saying that's not work because some of those guys oh, do quite a bit work. of volume during that time. Oh, yeah. yeah. Um, but it's such a challenge. And we've talked about a means of time to say, hey, do we continue doing this or do we do 11 that sold out? And But the business into me, I was like, well, my our mortgage doesn't change. So it's kind of hard. You know, if I, if I can do breakfast, I'll do breakfast as well. I mean, yeah. it's here. But uh, it's also a challenge. I mean, it comes, it comes uh, to, to where you're sitting there going, man, do, do we put too much food on? Do we not? And we start fresh every day. And so it's always a challenge. It's always it a challenge. You, I mean, you're on the highway. You could probably run 24 hours. I probably, we probably yeah, could. Yeah, we probably could. And the way sometimes folks come up at uh, closing <laughs> time and line up and we're like, man, do. But when there's nothing else to sell, there's nothing else to sell. Yeah. Is that, have you, has that crossed your mind to just run this no. place? Well, you know, with, with the guys um, in the back, I'm, I've always thought about, like it's, they do at Walmart, they're here anyway, why not just get one cashier? But at the same time, we're like, man, what, hap- what happens if yeah. that person doesn't, or show up doesn't or, show up or doesn't want to be here anymore? And, and now we got to fill in the slot and yeah. I'm not going to do that. <laughs> yeah. I need all the beauty sleep I can get. Right. This, this requires it. <laughs> and you don't get much sleep. Are you saying I'm ugly? So you've spent over a decade cooking barbecue. You've gone from just having a restaurant to being on the iconic top 50 list. Tell me a story of, you know, where were the challenges? What what did you get through? What what stands out in your mind as, you know, the the stories of that, that whole process? Well, one of the challenges was... Uh, whenever we started the business, um, barbecue wasn't cool. It wasn't where people were looking at it um, on on reviews and blogs and um, Texas Monthly hadn't come through. I mean, they had been doing the, the top 50, but it was every five years. And we had just missed the mark because they came out on two, 2008, wasn't it? I believe so. Or 2007. 2008. Eight was the last issue. Um, so being off the beaten path where we were at before it uh the road paralleled with 35 so you either knew about or you didn't and to get the traffic out there without all the social media and back then social media wasn't really around it it wasn't i guess facebook was the only thing um so we didn't have that that uh, traffic so the challenge was gauging how much food to cook and uh, a lot of that stuff at the end of the night we we would start fresh and and anything that was like the the briskets we chop it up make uh chop brisket or chopped beef and then the the pork we'd make pulled pork with it and so 
it was always a challenge. We were always trying to catch our tail on that end, and we would have great product, but it would sell all day. And so we'd end up, we cut back, and it was, it was a constant challenge with us uh, being out there. So now barbecue's changed completely forever, and now you got the social media. You have folks as yourself that highlight it, which do a fantastic job. And so we get a lot of publicity, and, and, and people are listening and watching, and that helps drive people to the, to the, to the restaurants now. So, uh, so looking back, that was our major challenge is not having all the uh, social media coverage and all that. So you just kind of had to do it. And if you pay for advertisement, well, then you went your, your, uh, your, your, um, your money. It's out the window. That's not how I would call it. Is there anything you remember that you can give a warning to, to some people about a waste of money for advertising? Well, there's a lot of it. And what I found over the years, what we find is um, there's certain programs that you can measure. And if you can't measure it, it's kind of hard to want to continue doing that kind of advertisement because how will you know where your dollars are going and how far they're reaching when it's something you can measure uh, via promo cards, uh, gift cards, stuff like that. You can measure what comes back in. And so those are the programs that we stay true to. Um, other programs that are out there, you, you really can't measure what it's actually doing for your business. If it's not measured, it's not real, right? Correct. Correct. It's, it's always going to be a perception or a, or a thought that it's doing this much for you and the actual numbers speak for themselves. So leading up to your first Texas Monthly list, was there, were there thoughts of, is this the right choice? Is this the right business? You know, it sounds like you two uh, have had challenges between the two of you and owning the business. Uh, were there moments where you weren't sure if this was the right idea and then all of a sudden Texas Monthly just kind of solidified your place? Well, I've always felt in my heart uh, that it was the right thing my challenge was when, when is it going to happen? Uh, I had told my wife, um, we were at HEB and we had seen the 2008 issue and we had just gotten into business a year, which was 2007 to 2008. We're standing in line uh, getting avocados and tomatoes and I happened to look over and this was all new to me. And I happened the barbecue to is all new to us. So. Correct. Yeah. And there was the issue of the 20, uh, was it 2008, 2008 issue, issue staring me in the face. So I pick it up and I start looking through it. I'm like, man, these are the greats. I looked at her and I said, hey, we're going to be on it the next issue. Not knowing it. I was thinking it was every year, not knowing it was going to be five more years. And I told her, I said, we're going to be on this magazine. She looked at me. I looked at him like it was crazy. Gave me a hug. <laughs> and she says, I love you. And she sighs and she uh, says, yes, we will. Kind of looks at me like this. Pitiful this guy's kind of Pitiful. Look. This guy's gone crazy. But fast forward, 2013, we make the issue which was and that gave life-changing us, and forever, that, wasn't yes, it? Yes, it absolutely was. And, and it did give you those years to really perfect what you were doing, yeah, you know, to, to make it great. Because at the beginning, it was new to us. And we, trial and error. Yeah, it was completely trial and error. And so I'm, I'm really glad that they didn't come then. Yeah, you mean both. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So <laughs> it, it gave you five years to be great. So what were the errors? What did you have to kind of oh, get through to goodness. get to... The right point. The uh, cooking times, um, and then one simple mistake that I made that I'll never forget. Uh, it was our first year in business, and we had this 300-man catering for Texas State. And I was cooking that morning, and the food wasn't cooking. I mean, I have fire in the firebox, and the flames are coming out. Well, I didn't realize that I had to clean the smokestack. And so there was a lot of suet in the smokestack, which didn't allow the flow to work properly, so the fire was actually coming out of the box and not into, it wasn't created in a draw, per se. So, needless to say, that 
day we failed miserably, and that was one thing that I didn't know I was supposed to do till that day. And uh, we didn't open our doors that day because we didn't have any food to sell, and also felt miserably of delivering the catering to Texas State, which they didn't care what we were I don't we think doing. it was 300 people. I really think it was a lot smaller than that. But for 20, in, your, in, people. in your mind, it was 300 <laughs> people. No, it was, it was a big one. It was a big, it was a big one. one but it, I don't think it was that big, but, well, but I don't think we would have taken it if it was that big. <laughs> so if, if, I, if I could uh, think back at that point, man, I, 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 I was so miserable because I'm like, man, we failed. And I didn't have the answer. I didn't have the answer. What, why is this not cooking? How long did it take you to figure out that it was the smokestacks? Well, I called a couple of people, and we were going through it, and there was no mechanical in it. So I'm like, okay, it's not this. It's not that. It's very simple setup. You put the fire, it goes top and bottom, and out the smokestack. So one guy tells me, hey, have you ever cleaned the smokestack? I'm like, well, what does that mean? He goes, go check it. So I took the meat off, opened up all the doors, and sure enough, that uh, eight-inch opening was about three-quarters full of soot. So the flow was not there. I scraped it out, banged on the smokestack, put everything back, and there goes the draw. I'm like, oh, my God. So from that day, we do it every week. Yeah. We clean our pits every week. We don't want to have fires, and we also don't want to ever and, encounter and did, that problem. we did have a fire once. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> so there have been a few, a few things, and kind of trial and error through it because we didn't know barbecue we didn't and trial and error man that's what made us and learning you know humidity and and oh my god if it's humid outside things are going to cook different if it's if it's just the art man every day every day challenge i mean if the wood's too green if it's too seasoned if it's blown the the wind's blowing more than 20 miles Mm -hmm. an hour if it's humid outside if it's cold if it's 30 degrees if it's 110 degrees i mean uh the cut of beef the cut of, of the meat itself do you get your wood regularly from somewhere locally? Yes, or? yes I have uh, some guys out of Bastrop that take care of us for the last 11 years. Nice. Yeah. Consistent. Yeah. That's good. Absolutely. Yeah. A, lot, a lot of these restaurants, they have stories of kind of getting crappy wood until they were a little more seasoned. Well, what helps us is having the five acres. We're able to hold 100, 150 cords at a wow. time without affecting our parking. That's without back affecting, there right now? Yeah. Correct. Wow. Correct. And we're... we're Waiting on a 150 cord order that we just put in. So, getting how ready many trucks is that? Quite a bit. Um, each truck will carry about four cords, and then if they do the double trailer, they'll they'll bring about 10 cords at a time, which will quickly be like 10 trips uh, or 15 trips to be 150. And so, do you worry about? I've had a few people bring up the idea of how much post oak is there out there, and I'm guessing <laughs> there's a lot. Well, but. there's quite a bit. Now, the, that's really not the issue the issue is going to be the guy cutting it because we're we have had some changes over the years i guess come and think about it of guys uh bringing the wood and then they yeah. they flake out i think that's the number one issue but as far as post hook is readily available there's tons upon tons of acreage that still needs to, to, to be uh, cleaned off which gives us the post oak when they do that um but we have quite a bit of that and it's really available so th- that's another reason a lot of these guys and the business around here stick to post oak because it's readily available, unlike hickory, pecan, those kinds of woods. I mean, those woods are out there, but it just seems like there's an almost unlimited amount of post oak in yeah. Texas. Right, and also keeps the cost down because, I mean, if I start trying to truck in hickory, well, I'm going to have to pay the premium for the travel and all that. Well, here we have guys from Bastrop, uh, guys from, um, what's it, Walder. We have uh, guys from Gonzalez that will bring us firewood as well. So it's readily available. And so do you... Do you have a curing method? You just kind of leave it out there, and it's already 
kind of seasoned? Or? Well, we get we get um, a mixture of firewood. We get green wood and we get the seasoned wood. So the green wood, we, I try to have it to where we have X amount of green wood and X amount of dry wood because everybody wants to dry wood. No one wants to wait. Right. But we have that ability there again to be able to put you know, 10 cords of green wood and you know, 70 cords of dry wood. And while we, we're uh, depleting the dry wood, seasoned wood, we can then let that uh, green wood cure. And it takes about you know, six to eight months. Uh, and it, really longer if you want some really good seasoned wood, but at least on the bare minimum, six to eight weeks or months. Do you cover it or do you have any kind no. of, so we it's just, just seasons just it, out there in the sun? Yeah, I guess just, generally in Texas it's pretty yeah, dry. Pretty dry for the most part. I mean, we get rain. Uh, we'll go through spells where there's not any rain, and of course that helps it dry. But and then you get to the spells where we do have a lot of rain uh, at times, and that kind of. And it's never been a problem, I guess, because we identify whenever that week is coming or the forecast is coming with rain, we cover our immediate um, cords that we have close to the building that we're going to utilize. We'll put covers on them. At that so time. they dump it back there. So these guys have to kind of keep trucking it up. Every we do. Few days. Um, we have an area that we have two designated areas. One that'll hold about. Uh, 25 cords and then one that a whole however many you want to put out there and so what we do is we put the uh, seasoned wood up close to the building and and then we put the other wood in the back and as that depletes we'll get a 16 foot trailer 18 foot trailer go back there load it up and truck it up stack it up and then I crazy about it but I might call you if I need a few yeah I uh, was working on a project but um, sometimes the if you start selling your firewood and then you don't have any but I was working on a program where I was to start selling firewood as well really? so something i might circle back and uh, visit um, my business uh mine is always going it's always going <laughs> how can i make the extra buck? well i have a i have a little stick burner and so i actually bought I don't know, an eighth of a cord not very much from carrie bexley at snows a while back so i've been kind of slowly going through that and then joey machado from bnb charcoal gave me a gave me a bunch of their kiln dried logs so i'm good for now but I, i'm so curious how different woods burn, how even just the post oak, different people getting different post oak and how it works because you know how it is. You're always experimenting. You're always trying something new. And right. I kind of, I, I almost want to have my, here's the snows wood, here's the <laughs> wood yeah, and just see yeah. what, what all the, the different cool. things do. Uh, what are you experimenting with? What are you kind of looking at? You know, you, you say you like to cook everything. Is there something that you'll throw in the smokers because you guys like it or yeah i mean for ourselves we i'll cook some ribeyes uh speaking of steaks you were talking about earlier that's one of our food that we love michael makes the best ribeye i'm just gonna yeah? say it don't say that <laughs> don't say that tell, tell us how how you make the the best ribeye uh well we usually get um choice of prime depending on uh, what yeah we you have across. to select is tough to, to cook right oh yeah especially on the ribeye and um, I just put some seasoning, and, and it's an offset, so it's not a direct like uh, you would normally cook a steak. Uh, this is an offset, and that steak will come off as extremely juicy, good flavor on it. Um, now, I do some from time to time prefer it um, direct because that flame puts a little char on it, gives it that nice flavor, but um, it usually satisfies. Right? So you're doing kind of a reverse smoke where you cook it real slow? I just or you just you cook just it at uh, about 200 degrees. That's what I cook it. Open fire? Uh, just offset. Um, just open, no flute. Just let the draw take care of it. And then depending on the thickness of the steak, we'll determine the length of the uh, time that we cook, that I cook it. So do you all ever do specials like tomahawks or anything like that? Not. We thought about doing uh, a <laughs> uh, primary, or not actually primary Friday, because at one time I wanted to do that. But 
thought about just doing ribeyes on Fridays and uh, doing a baked potato. I tell him like that our Fridays are so busy, like we run out of seating in here. I'm like, we don't need to add that on a Friday. Let's do it on a Monday. <laughs> so, yeah, but Michael does make the best ribeyes. We do different kind of pork chops. Uh, we'll, we'll, right now we cook it on the loin and we cut pork chop as people order it. We do habanero pineapple pork chops. We do a cherry pomegranate uh, pork chop, which is excellent. Um, but for the most part, I mean, we stick to the menu. We'll do stuff for us. We'll do little kebabs, smoke kebabs. We'll do um, stuff, yeah, stuff for the staff, you know, every once in a while, like Christmas. And we need to do something soon. But we, we'll do different little things kind for them. Kind of a family meal. Just a kind of family of meal yeah. and cook something. Still barbecued in the sense of the smoke and uh, fire, but... It's not something we have on the menu, and it, it little kind of changes taste buds with different seasons that we tinker with. I have uh, one of the, uh, the pit masters doing a uh, big red uh, pork rib, which is pretty cool. It is. Pretty is cool. that? Are you making a big red sauce, or are you just straight up pouring big red onto? No, the, he, he's, he, making, he's making the sauce. He'll take the big red and add his little twist to it, and then he glazes them towards the end, and they're excellent. And he's asking if he can put them on the menu on certain days, and I, I don't have a problem with that. Are um, they? Um, is it hard to keep it from burning? I know the sugar can. Well, I think the, turn the, black key, the, the key to it is glazing it towards the end, and you kind of let it. Because if you do it at, during the, the midpoint of where it's cooking, you're going to definitely get that, that uh, burnt sugar. But if you do it towards the end, at least five, I was telling them about 10 to 5 minutes before you get that product off, go ahead and glaze it and let it start to caramelize and then get it off. And I think that's a key thing to do. Do you, have you been? Do you just let them experiment? They kind of come up with ideas and figure I it do, out. I do. Um, I do. I kind of. I'm a firm believer that sometimes uh, their imagination could could come up something brilliant. Know. And, and you so never know. So you just absolutely. never know. Absolutely. Um, Until you start seeing them just soaking ribs in <laughs> big red or something. Yeah. Yeah. That or beer. So yeah. I'm like, yeah, uh, no. Yeah, no. <laughs> but uh, for the most part, I tell my guys, you know, try it out, and if it's something great. Get with me, we'll try it out, and maybe we'll put it on the menu. But for the most part, let's stay true to what we do. And, and, that, and that's menu. one of our taglines is just uh, preserving Central Texas tradition. That's, that's important to us. You know, it's, it's, our, it's our roots, essentially. Right. So. Well, it's interesting because you, even in Texas, what people consider barbecue changes. And a lot of people in West Texas uh, are cooking barbecue a very different way than they are here or in Lubbock. You know, I t and that's where I we're from, e by the way. Oh, really? Yeah. <laughs> Shout out to Evie Mays. Yep. Have yeah. you been over there? No, we haven't we, been home. We haven't been home in, we haven't in been home years. In years right? Yeah, that's we crazy. we went ho once home once for a funeral, and that's it. We just we don't go home. We we're, we're from that area, so we're like we we got out of there as quickly as we could. <laughs> uh, they do. Evie Mays does prime rib dinner, so if you guys want to plan a trip, that. I'm I've happy to that. meet you out there. That'd that. be a fun party. Yeah. Oh yeah, I've been on their email list since before the show started. Been a fan. Yeah. yeah awesome. Well, awesome. I just I think it's cool that uh, they they still do just send out an email, first come first serve, sign up. That is good. Prime rib. That is. That is cool. And yes. it, it's old school in that way that, uh, you know, I, I don't mean to, I don't think this is negative, but time kind of doesn't pass as quickly out there. So it's yeah. like the, the the joints can stay a little more old school. Yeah. Because people aren't checking social media as much. People aren't working right. with all that stuff. They want to get the email. You're they so want right. the, the like flyers. That. They yeah. want all that stuff. And yeah. there's actually there's multiple places opening in Lubbock. So really? there's actually barbecue growth in Lubbock. Wow. Which is crazy. Yeah. We left okay. back there and uh, Rudy's had just come into town, I think. 
Yeah. Yeah, they, they came off right off the uh, Loop 289. Yeah, because all there was was County Line Barbecue. County Line. County Line. That was it, right? Yeah, that's all I there remember. There was another one. Um, I can't remember the name of it, but anyway, yeah. I think the founder just passed away about a, uh, a year or two ago. Oh, and, and um, what's his name from Austin? Um, Stevie Ray Vaughan's guy. Stubbs. Oh, Stubbs. Yeah, Stubbs. homo Stubbs. <laughs> So there's a Stubbs out there. Well, there used there to was? Be way back in the day. I don't know if there still is or not, but uh, of course they had that one and they had the one in Austin. But I know that so much yeah, has changed since uh, he there. passed back when. But I want to say that was a short time. Or well, that's where he started, actually. So, um, yeah, we never got to go there. Of course, barbecue to, to us was grilling burgers and hot dogs. Yeah, that yeah. was really? barbecue. You know, when people say, people you want a barbecue? Say, yeah, uh, confused that barbecue was what and barbecue grilling. was to us. Not, uh, here we are missing out on what we're doing now. It's like, oh, well, in, in a lot of countries, it's it. When you say barbecue, it is just open fire. It's just cooking burgers. Have you seen a pretty strong international uh, presence coming to to try your yes. food? Yes, yes, we do have. Especially during summer, we have a lot of visitors from other countries. Uh, they're very intrigued by what we do. It's so neat. It's and so neat to see them walk in here and they see those pits and they're just like, oh my gosh, the looks on their face. They're like a kid in a candy store. It's even better when they when you open the doors and they see the product on the yeah. pit. Uh, they lose their mind. But yeah, there's a lot of, in, they're intrigued by it. There's a lot of interest. And some of it, I guess, can go back to, it's new to them. And then some of it, it's, it's in the process of they're wanting to replicate what you're doing, mm -hmm. uh, which... You know, they can they can go at it if they want. <laughs> do you do a lot of pit tours? Do you have do. people going through there a lot? Mm -hmm. Yes, sir. We do. Um, and then the new design allows for people to be able to look into our pit area, uh, and that usually satisfies. And then those that want more will take a little pit tour from time. And then to time you can. Back. There's a seating outside that's almost directly in front of the pit area as well. The firebox so. and all. You can yeah. you can walk up to the uh, wall and the screen and see the uh, fire pit going, which is kind of cool. Do you yeah. think that the whole you know the the smoke, the smell, you know, it's, it's one of my favorite parts, you know, just pulling in here, I, I like immediately kick my door open and just sit there and <laughs> just take it all re in respond there. to a few texts <laughs> and enjoy the smell. What do you think it is about all that, that that's just so inviting? I mean, it's just so Well, friendly. the sense of smell triggers memories, it triggers uh, thoughts. And, it and goes back to that family. That, that sense, that, that sense does sense something. I guess when you think about that smoke smell, it triggers, hey, I remember I was in the backyard and these are the times mm -hmm. we spent. Uh, so it triggers a good feel. As kids, you know, or yeah, whatever. We were talking about that the other day. Like, oh, somebody's barbecuing. So it automatically takes you to, oh, you backyard, know. Backyard, family time. Yeah. So I think that's why it's so important. Um, and, and that's why it affects people that way. Uh, people are just, they reminisce on what they, you know, good memories. And sometimes it's loved ones mm -hmm. that are no longer here. And so I really hold on to that. So I think that's where that, that plays a part in that, that feeling. Do you remember, did, did your family barbecue? Did you, they cook anything similar to what you all cook now? Or? Well, Austin they used, to, used to rub a brisket <laughs> with mustard no, and wrap I it in foil. And never, then she'd get these gallons of uh, liquid smoke. And brisket. she would put it this in this roaster Michael, and put it at 250 forever. <laughs> Michael had no idea how to cook a brisket. <laughs> we were first married. And we got married very young. Michael and I were uh, 21 in when Lubbock? we got married in Lubbock. In Lubbock, Gary. Yep. And... Uh, yeah, we did, he didn't know how to cook a brisket, and that was how he used to cook a brisket with and liquid the, the smoke. And the funny story, the, uh, the brisket would make me so oh, it would make him so sick. sick. That liquid it was not smoke. the brisket, it was the liquid smoke. Yeah, because you can't use very much of that. Well, I didn't know that, and oh. so I would put 
bottles and bottles upon bottles. He had no clue. And I thought, oh, man, I, I, I am doing a hell of a job on this brisket. No. And it had mustard. And I don't even think I put salt and pepper on it. It was just mustard remember. and liquid it smoke. It was just horrible. <laughs> well, people, I still see people, they rub them in mayonnaise before they put the seasoning on. There's a bunch of uh, kind of wet, dry rubs yeah. that are happening. Yeah. So it's, yeah. It's really interesting to see. But, yeah, I think liquid smoke has a place in certain things, but one drop at a time. Oh, my god. Yeah, that or uh, liquid smoke. Had this place in the bottle. Yeah, in the bottle, <laughs> capped <there. laughs> and just left there. <laughs> oh yeah. my goodness! Uh, I've seen it. I've seen it used uh, experimentally. It, it's not bad, but yeah. Uh, as far as Texas barbecue is concerned, we we make our own smoke. Yeah, exactly. There's no liquid there. It's just uh, yep. they own smoke here. Uh, do you get tired of smelling like smoke? Have you? There's I do, but it's probably the girl in me. <laughs> I think that, yeah, every once in a while, it's, it's nice to smell like perfume. And I, don't, I don't say I get tired of it because no, uh, I, I smell you, it and I think it's money. <laughs> no, I, I don't it's get tired true. of it, but, but sometimes it is, it is uh, a nuisance because uh, if you happen uh, we're, if we're going on a date night, and we happen just to stop by to pick something yeah, up. Yeah, if we're going to church on Sunday and, and we have to come in and drop the money off, and it's like, oh, dang it, I'm going to smell like this, and our pastor's just going to hold on to me 10 more minutes. Well, and which is kind of cool because like. that's the topic. She gets tired of, uh, of talking about barbecue, but uh, it's a topic. People come up to you and smell you. It's yeah. like, kind of like the Febreze commercial, yeah. but it's yeah, not no, smoke. Yeah, no, it's definitely like the Febreze commercial. People just hang on to you. Well, I'm known for staying by the pits just to try to soak up as much smoke as I can when I'm out. And I love that smell. And I just think it's interesting because you do find people that are that that don't necessarily eat at their restaurants as much and they, they get over it. But the majority of people, they still love to eat barbecue. Yeah. They still love the smell. They still love all that. And I think that's really unique because most of my friends who worked in restaurants, you know, I, I got a buddy who will never make a sandwich again because he worked at five different sandwich places yeah. in college and so it's yeah. like it's weird that that fatigue doesn't really affect barbecue it doesn't i can eat it today i can eat it tomorrow and me too we both ate it yesterday yeah we <laughs> ate it in 11 years there. there for a while for the first uh she can vouch for that we were always here so i would eat barbecue every day six days a week. every day every day and, I, and even now i'll eat it like i'm craving a sandwich now brisket and sausage and all the the avocados and tomatoes that go with it and I, I crave it still. And I think it's cool that you, you sell the whole avocado, the whole tomatoes, the whole multiple different kinds of peppers. Is it is that a popular item? People it are is, picking those it up is. a lot? Uh, we were looking at sales last, uh, for last year. I couldn't believe how many avocados we sold uh, from this location. So I think what I'm going to do is uh, take the other two acres and start doing my own avocados <laughs> in the That'd back. That would be awesome. <laughs> and I don't even Is Texas a good place to grow avocados? No, I don't think. Uh, probably not. Probably not, not good soil. The soil's okay. It's a black soil, but but uh, anyway. Um, but no, it's it's taking off the popularity. At least here, it has. Uh, we got a lot of folks from Austin that that love the idea. Uh, we offer the avocado, the tomatoes, the different kinds of cheeses, um, the different kinds of peppers. But people love it. Um, it kind of cleans and your palate as you're that, eating barbecue, that and every time comes more from Lockhart. Right, right. And I've added some other items. Yeah, to and you've it. added some other items to it, but it's it's just a neat combination of just not not your bland, or not not just your barbecue, but adding those 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 things to it, and that avocado, and we kind of make a, a pico and right. with the yeah. with the onion and the tomatoes, I'm, and it's amazing. It's nice to break up, you know, it, it, it's nice to have something that can break up the the heaviness of the barbecue. Mm-hmm. You know, correct, and I, and and I think that's where people are starting to realize. That's why we do it. 
And I've you know I've had some some uh, people mouth off and say, well, that doesn't go with barbecue. So, well, have you tried it? No. Well, don't say it doesn't go. Try it yourself. Yeah. And what it what you find is as you're eating the barbecue and you eat the tomatoes, which has acid, which break up the pickles, which do the same, and the avocado. Every time you do that and you take a bite of the barbecue again, it just that old oh man, the, the fresh new bite every time. And that, I guess that's why it's so pleasant, at least on my end, it is. Well, and I think that it's, I think that it's interesting because I was just at the Super Beef in Houston, and they were doing, you know, Korean-style ribs where they, they smoke the ribs, but then at the very end they chop them up, cover them in gochujang, like a red, red uh, pepper paste, pepper. and hit it with a torch. And I think that there's oh, wow. there's a bunch of ways that te- when someone says Texas barbecue, there's a thousand things on that list. That oh, doesn't yeah. I mean it means brisket, right. it means ribs, it means sometimes chicken, but there's a lot of other things that fall under that list oh, and yeah. I think it's cool to see different ways that everyone expresses their version of Texas barbecue even if it's just a a subtle difference. Right. Yeah. Even just your cool smokers, I mean that's just it, it's cool to see that not everyone's, you know, lining up to get a, a, a propane tank i think that they're great but again it's like there, there's there's a lot of ways to smoke meat correct and it's cool I to agree. see that there's lots of different ways you got a buley back there as well yes we, we were uh kind of stretched out on the real estate inside and the nice thing about the buley it kind of goes uh vertical instead of horizontal as far as the width so we were able to utilize it and it's been a big help having the buley as well so how much space, do you, have you calculated exactly how much space you actually have back there to cook? Um, I knew at one time, and uh, I can't remember. <laughs> <laughs> thousands, thousands of gallons. Yeah. Thousands and oh, thousands. Oh, you're talking about the actual cooking space. Yeah, yeah it's uh, one, two square feet. There again, I forgot. But uh, it's equivalent to having um, six propane, thousand-gallon smokers. Yeah. Wow. What's back there is equivalent to that, yes. Which and, it almost seems like that's barely enough to feed 400 people. Well, and, and that's the thing. We sometimes have to pull the, uh, the, the trailer up front to kind of, whenever we have those heavy summers, we have to pull those pits from the back to kind of help carry the weight of the demand. Yeah, so that puts us another 1,000-gallon, another because there's two 500-gallon tanks back there on that trailer. And sometimes we have to uh, bring those up here. We have a couple of things we're working on on... Uh, um, bringing in those old three pits that we had at the old place and uh, kind of bringing them on and, and uh, making them part of the family again because they're right now sitting there getting weathered. So. Yeah, it sounds like you guys could just have a whole back lot of pits and <laughs> keep them running. Yeah. Keep yeah. them running. And yeah. sometimes we need them, yeah. especially during uh, the holidays and oh during the summer. Oh, my goodness, yeah. We can definitely. There's uh, that one pit when, you go, when you're driving out towards Houston near Brenham. You know you that I thought about, about it, and uh, I really gave it a good thought. I said, very man, overpriced. Yeah, it was. And my son with a, uh, has a CDL, so I'm like, man, you can, we can drive around and we can cook. We can be the, the, the big old barbecue joint on wheels. Man, uh, I took the math and I broke it down, and, and I really thought about it, but it was a little overpriced, yes. It's, the price is crazy, but I think it's cool, and I think it would be really interesting to see. Iconic, yeah. Even if you wanted to build your own, just have a giant, you know, well, we, a 3,000 foot We used long. to have this crazy, massive pit, and it just, you had it. We, well, what, I think what happened is we waited too long, and I have pictures of that. I'll, I'll show you offline. But we waited too long, and so whenever we opened the doors here, it was taking up quite a bit of room, and we could not get the flow down, dialed in, and it was yeah. all over the place. And we got impatient because the demand, people didn't care what you were doing. They wanted barbecue. 
And so we kind of panic, and I said, you know what, one overnight, I said, let's tear it down, let's get pits that will do the job. And I just got frustrated, and, and we're, we're so busy that I didn't have time to tinker with it, and I got rid of it. Uh, some, it's in somebody's backyard somewhere, I'm not sure where, but it was called El Chingon. It's, it's, it was it's a an entire massive. backyard. That thing is huge. And it kind of sucks, because I kind of wish that I would have had the time to tinker with it, because I, I think we could have made some adjustments and could have got the flow right, but we ran out of time, and time. of course... When business calls, duty calls, you got to go, man. You don't have time to do stuff like that. Heck, I don't even have time to drive my classic. Nevertheless, <laughs> you know, weld and put little baffles and doing all kinds of things to that big pit. But it was a massive pit. It would probably hold, um, what, good, probably a herd of cow in there. I'm going to get 20, 20, 20 cows really? in there. Really? It was yeah, that it was, big? It was I, yeah, I'll show you pictures offline here shortly. Yeah. But, yeah, it was a massive pit. Well, and, you know, might be time to, to get another one. But at the same time, I, I've looked at it and I've talked to people because I've seen these. I don't know if they're for HVAC or something. There's these just giant tubes on the side of the road off the highway in places. And I feel like it would eventually just be a waste of wood. And it would be better to just have a bunch of smaller pits rather than one giant one. Because I, I feel like once you get past a few hundred feet or whatever you do, that that the temperature is going to drop so far yeah. way down the pit like that, right? Well, I, I kind of view it as a, as a house. Um, the bigger the house, the more HVAC you're yeah, going to exactly. need, the more costly that's going to be long-term. Yeah, you need like three fireboxes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And so the smaller the home or the, or the mid-sized home, uh, it requires less HVAC, H units, H, you know, X amount of zones. You don't have to have so many zones as far as to cool the house down. Yeah. Well, so we have a, a, a wide-ranging group of fans. They're people who are cooking in their backyards. They're people who are working in pits right now, you know, restaurants just like this. Uh, what's your message to the enthusiasts, to the people who love barbecue, love to cook it, love to eat it? Uh, what's your message to, to, to barbecue people, to the fam? Well, I would just say that um, have fun with it. Um, that seems to be the, uh, one of the big parts of, of what we do. I mean, we do it every day. We call it the labor of love. Just have fun with it. Have fun with it. Don't beat yourself down. You'll learn as you go. And then there's a lot of tips out there that you can watch on YouTube that help out quite a bit. We didn't um, have that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. So just have fun with it and, and plan properly. Um, uh, forever, folks, what, what would take place, at least when I started cooking for ourselves in the backyard, and I see this happen quite a bit, the dad decides to just go ahead and go head in and all in and, and start cooking a brisket. Well, he wants to feed his family at 12. He's putting the brisket on at 9, and then you have the family coming down. Is it ready yet? Is it ready yet? And then he starts stoking up the fire because he's feeling the pressure from his family, and the next thing you know, he ruins a brisket. So I think proper planning is important, and then, of course, having fun along the line with it is important. Yeah, that, that's good advice. Uh, a few guys have said on the show, I ask that question a lot, and a few guys have said, burn a few briskets, undercook a few briskets, just keep cooking briskets. Yeah, yeah have fun with it. Yeah. And then take note. That way you don't repeat twice because after a while, those burning briskets. Uh... Those get expensive. <laughs> yeah. Well, wise words from over 10 years of experience. Yeah. Thank you, guys. Thank sure. you. And uh, hopefully we'll get to have a little snack here as well. Absolutely. Yes. All right. Awesome. awesome. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thank you. Hey, they call me the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. Hey, I'm the meat man. Y'all don't see me eat now. I got jaws like a bear trap, a teeth like a razor. I made tack tongue with a sensitive taster. I was born out in Texas called the land of beef. Never catch a muscle green or showing the hell that like a meat. I'm the meat man. Y'all ought to see me eat now. Woo!